0: You know why. We have the Let's Run quiz. No, no, no.
1: I'm going to Wikipedia right now. I'm going to Wikipedia right now. I cannot embarrass myself on the air. My daughter no. was hospitalized during the World Championships. I, I didn't see much of it.
0: You were in Eugene. I watched <laughs> these races with you. There was a world record set and you were in McMenamin's drinking with Let's Run supporters. It was your birthday. It was Founders Day. I'll give you a pass on that. I don't want you cheating. I don't want anything like this. The questions. They're not super hard, but they're not easy either.
2: It's a new year, people. It's time to finally live up to your resolution. No, not to lose weight, make more money, be a better parent. To finally get a VPN. Do you want to watch track meets with the BBC commentators or get around your local cable company's regional blackout of your baseball games? Then you need a VPN. I've done all of these things. I don't know if I just admitted to a crime or not, but the VPN we use is NordVPN. Go to letsrun.com slash VPN today. Free 30-day money-back guarantee. It's an amazing deal. Do it
1: now. Apparently, some Let's Runners in Louisiana might need one too, Robert. wink. Wink.
0: Boy's got in it. And somehow found the acceleration it now, it welcome everyone to the first let's run.com track talk podcast of 2023 we're back after the holidays though really we never left because we don't miss an episode here at let's run.com we've got a ton to talk about the Houston half marathon entries are out. And it's gonna be one of the best editions in recent memory. Could Emily Sisson and Connor Mance break the American records? Latessa Beck less than a month after running 2.16 in Valencia is already back running. She wins the Ethiopian cross country trials and says she will be going to World XC in Australia. Joshua Cheptegei confirms he will be defending his title in Bathurst as well. So we will start getting excited about World Cross. Sad news, the Wild Duck in Eugene is no more, RIP. But we've still got some fun for you guys today. We will have our annual Johnson vs. Johnson trivia contest. And we will finish off by making some bold predictions for the year in running 2023. Gentlemen, I just reminded you of this. I hope that no one was studying the last couple of days. I did say that there will be a test on 2022. I mentioned this last week's podcast, but I also know, I know you guys pretty well at this point. This will be my 10th year working for let's com, And I figured neither of you guys would be, you know, on Wikipedia or cheating or anything like that. So we're going to start the episode with a quiz. One question per month from 2022 the year and running are you guys ready
1: absolutely not i thought we weren't doing this i just hope i hope i do okay i need chat gpt but his knowledge stops at 2021
0: well we're on the honor system here i'm trusting that you guys won't be going to other sites during the questions i think I think they're all pretty gettable, but there's also some stuff you might have forgotten. It did happen a while ago. So six questions each, one per month from 2022. We're going to start with Weldon Johnson.
1: I, I have the answer. Kira D'Amato. I know something happened in January of last year. Thank you very much. One nothing.
0: Wow, that's amazing. One point for Weldon before we even ask a question. No. Well, then that was not my question. I knew it was too obvious. So your question is this. Name either winner of the 2022 USATF cross-country championships.
1: Oh, this is easy, John. Alicia Monson.
0: Correct. Do you know who won? Either of you guys knew who won the men's race. I'll give a bonus point here, actually, if either of you can win it.
2: I do. It was one of those guys that are brothers. It's Kenyan American guys. Boers. One of the Boars.
0: That's incorrect. Weldon, do you have an answer?
1: I was going to go with Shadrack Kipchirchir, but it's not. It's like a training partner of his. No, I I, I I don't know a name, so I got I got to go. Kipchurch Kipchirchir. It is Shadrack
0: Kipchirchir oh. and Robert. You eliminated, like, two of the main contenders, Emmanuel and Hillary Bohr. You took them out of the running by guessing both of them incorrectly. So, yeah, I'm going to start. Weldon is up 2 nothing through one question. So, got some work to do here, Robert.
2: Okay. Hey, I was born this way. I was born five minutes late. Weldon was already named, put on the inheritance, named the beneficiary of the... Non-existent trust.
0: Okay, Rojo, uh, February. John,
1: on, wait a second. Yep. I see my mother-in-law out there. I, I got to go. I'll talk to you guys later. You're
0: just bailing? You're going to take, <laughs> <was a> <laughs> take the L on this? You'd rather talk to your mother-in-law than do some track and field trivia. Retire
1: ahead, you know? Up to okay, 90.
0: okay. Robert, February 12th in Louisville, a member of the Atlanta Track Club ran 216.16 to break the American record in the indoor 1,000 meters. What is his name?
2: I have no idea. Weldon does know it, so I'll be down three to nothing.
0: No, no, I, I, I. Yeah, I'm not awarding any bonus points there, but Weldon, you well, dig. No,
1: I, I, this hey, is my quiz, my rules. John, John, in fairness, what were we just saying just before the air came on? For everyone who hasn't, Seen this thread. There's a great thread. It's like back to work, people. What do you want to see and let's run in 2023? There's some great ideas on there. And we incorporate some of those things. Like last year, people said we want more coaching interviews. We did our coaching series. They said they want better moderation. We improved the moderation in the back end there. You can now see running only posts. Lots of stuff comes out of these threads. Someone said, I want more interviews. And Robert said just before this podcast started. Why do I need to do more interviews? Maybe you personally need to do them so you could answer some quiz questions at the end of the year.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm still not giving you the bonus point, though, because also your first question was a little easier than Robert's. So it's two nothing. Well, then question number three. At the 2022 World Indoor Championships in Belgrade, American middle distance and distance runners combined to win three medals. RJ Wilson and Ellie St. Pierre won two of them. Who won the third?
1: It's a good thing we edit silence out of this podcast. We had three medals. Distance runners. I know Mark Scott got a medal, John, but
0: he's not American. Robert, I saw you grab something there. <laughs> I hope you're not looking up the answer on your phone. <laughs> Robert was sure the me. Hands, I was Robert. not. This
1: Put in, up? This is probably at four a.m. <laughs> probably at four a.m.
2: I'm. I'm getting a, a sound effect. I need.
1: Can you repeat the, repeat the question, please?
0: Name the yeah. American middle distance or distance runner other than Ellie St. Pierre and RJ Wilson to win a medal at World Indoors in Belgrade March 2022.
1: Okay, there wasn't a women's 15. There's not a. Did Baker win a medal in the 800? Olivia Baker? No. Like Josh Thompson or something like that, even on the team. Well, I'm
0: gonna have to ask you for an answer.
1: Okay, it's not the 3K. It has to be the women's 800. I guess the men's eight. I don't know who was on the team, or the men's 1500. I think I really remember that one though. I'm gonna go with Josh Thompson.
0: Josh Thompson is incorrect, Robert. I'm gonna offer this up to you to steal.
1: Considering I was
2: at the meet, you would think that I would know this, but I think it was in the men's 800. I do not know who won it. Oh, oh, no, no. The guy from Kansas, Bryce
0: Hubble. Oh, that's correct. Yes. Wow. Robert pulling it out of his ass at the last second. I hope that wasn't. I'm going to on a system. Robert pulled out his phone during this question. Where's the sound effect that you were pulling out Robert?
2: it? It was a cricket sound effect. It was going to make fun of Weldon right here.
0: Okay, okay, I believe you. All right, scores two one. Robert, Robert is getting this question now for April. Simple one.
1: Can I jump to August or July? No, you the can't. U.S. man got no one out of the first round of the 800 meters. I want a point for that. Thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, you only get points for the questions I ask you. So, Robert, this is a simple one. Which man won the 22? Sorry, the 2022 Boston Marathon.
1: Evans Chibet.
0: That is correct. Robert draws level. We're tied 2-2 through four months. Thank God I didn't get a hard one like that.
1: I mean, that was an easy answer, but it could have been hard.
0: Well, then, did you know that one?
1: After he said it, I did.
0: Would you have known if if I offered you the clue that he also won the New York City Marathon?
1: That would have confused me. (laughs) because <laughs> I was thinking someone obscure one and right away I'm like oh shit who is it because sometimes you know you get a more obscure winner
0: he will return to Boston in 2023 to defend his title against Elliot Kipchoge should be a lot of fun all right May Weldon on May 7th Emily Sisson ran 67:15 to set the American record in the half marathon in which city was the race held I have
1: two Midwestern cities in mind One starts with an L, one with an I. I will go with Indianapolis. What
0: was the L, city? Louisville. Indianapolis is correct. 3-2 Weldon. Question number six for Robert. Notre Dame's Dylan Jacobs won the men's 10,000-meter title at the 2022 NCAA Track and Field Championships. For one point, name any other men's distance or mid-distance champion from that meet.
2: Where was the meet and was I there, John? It just helps my memory. if I. If you can it was in
0: if was. Eugene and you were not there. Okay.
2: And the question is Dylan Jacobs?
0: Dylan, you can't answer Dylan Jacobs. I want either the 800, 1500 steeple or 5K champion on the men's side.
2: I remember the steeple, the kid from Montana State, was more worried about the time than winning. Eight hundred. Oh, I can do the fifteen hundred.
0: If you okay. remember the fifteen hundred, no, you yeah. can give the fifteen hundred. I
2: remember that. Joe Wascom, Washington, huge upset win. I don't remember the eight hundred. I believe in the. um, well, I don't want to embarrass myself. I think I know the name of the five thousand, but it well, wait, wait a, wait a second, wait a second.
0: I, okay, that's that's correct. Uh, with the fifteen hundred, Joe Wascom. Who do you think won the fifty who do you think won the 5k?
2: Abduhamed Nur, I would assume.
0: No. I well then, if you can name one of the other champions, either the 5K champion, steeple, or 800, I'll give you a point. Hunter. <laughs> Who's Hunter? Tell me about this Hunter character. Steeple guy.
1: It's like a It's like a kind of name like that.
0: <laughs> no. Ahmed Jazuri. Uh, Of Eastern Kentucky won the Steeple Chase. Olin Hacker of Wisconsin won the 5K, and Moed zahafi of Texas Tech was the 800 meter champion. Yeah, I I thought you guys might know Hacker, but Wascom, that was a that was a good pull, Robert. I wasn't sure you'd remember that. All right, so it is now Robert three, Weldon three through six months. Weldon, you get the world's question. At the 2022 World Championships, the U.S. led the way with 13 gold medals. Which country was second with four gold medals?
1: Recounting marathons.
0: Counting marathons. Ethiopia. That is correct. They won the men's marathon, Tamarat Tola, they also won the Women's 5,000, Gudolf Sagai, Women's 10,000, Lettisimbek Gide, and the Women's Marathon, Goody to Tom Um,
1: My conscience is kind of hurting me here. Right before this pulled up, I did glance at the top three at the world. Not, not before that question. Just before the podcast started.
0: When mm, you said, Don't well, then do you want to let Robert... Do you- Lodge an appeal. I specifically told Weldon not to go to Wikipedia and not cheat, and yet he's but admitted to it. I was doing, doing that anyway on my own before the podcast for
1: something, so I'm just, you know.
2: Before every podcast, I should just go to Wikipedia. It helps to look just at the names who want it, then it comes back to your visual. I know.
1: I was really worried about getting a USA
0: question. Hmm. For now, I'm allowing the point to stand, but there might be an asterisk at the end of this thing if you don't pull away, Weldon. Okay. Robert, August. On August 26th, Alicia Monson almost won the 3,000 meters at the Lausanne Diamond League. She wound up second, running 8.26.61. Which athlete beat her by one hundredth of a second?
2: I don't know. I I don't think it's Nian Saba, but that's the only
0: person I can think of. So is that your guess?
2: Nian Saba was way back. I don't think it was that race because that would have really bothered me. Because it's been Taille. Taille never wins anything, though. What was the date?
0: August 26th.
2: I'm going to go with Nian Saba.
0: That's correct. Robert ties it up. 4-4. The Honorable Rojo. (laughs) We're going into September. So this is stuff now you might actually start to remember. it. It wasn't that long ago.
1: I thought Roger told me Saba didn't lose a race all last year.
0: She didn't, but he was trying to remember if she oh, was she won race. by
1: .01. Never mind.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, then. On September 25th, Elliot Kipchoge broke the world record in the men's marathon in Berlin. What was his exact time? 201.09. Okay. Got that one immediately. I wasn't sure if... Softball. If you guys were good with numbers or not, but yes, that's correct.
2: No, uh, no, no, that's not fair. If I get asked the women's time, I'll be exposed as a sexist on the internet. My my mother-in-law may be listening.
0: No, no, I'm, okay. uh, look, th- that one was a little easier. Oh, wait, the women's so record was This wasn't next even one broken. is also pretty manageable, Robert. I think it's, I think you'll agree. He is getting harder questions. Okay. October. On October I missed
2: 6th. It, by the way, if I already have 4 points and i have only done every other month, am I perfect?
0: You didn't get Shane Strike. Am I perfect so far? Uh, you didn't get bryce Hopple. Okay. So, well, you you guys are doing quite well though. All right. October. Robert, this is ro- your question. On October 6th, after 12 years with New Balance, Jenny Simpson announced she had a new sponsor. What company did she sign with?
2: Uh, come on, John. John like <laughs>
0: Okay, okay. All right. It, anyway. Give me the answer. So,
2: Tracksmith. No, just kidding. My wife has signed an endorsement deal with Tracksmith. She just got their new shoes, by the way. And she's like number 523 out of 2022.
0: All right, give me a real answer, please. Just for the record.
2: Just saying, if this company wants to become the official shoe of Let's Run, they might they might want to contact us. Give us a call eight four four Let's Run eight four four five three eight seven seven eight six because it's actually the same logo that's on the original Let's Run dot com singlet. Even I don't really remember Weldon running in Puma's very much. Puma.
0: Puma is correct. All right, those questions were really easy. I. You know, I, I wanted to make sure you guys weren't getting shut out or anything. I wasn't sure at this point in the quiz how how well you guys would be doing. So, a couple layups plus, there.
2: Plus, ever since Simpson did move back to the steeple, John realizes that I'm kind of down on her. And I feel like this road show is not a big fan of it.
0: Okay. Anyway. November. So, this is Weldon's question. I we tied. 5-5. Five, five.
2: Oh, yeah. Can you pass and then think uh, you have a better shot? At, I
0: pass. pass. <laughs> There's no passing.
1: All right. Uh, John, I live near New York. I New York, have a reputation to uphold. I can't miss a question on the New York City Marathon.
0: It's not about the New York City no. Marathon. Okay, I'm ready. All right. For the first time in the history of the NCAA cross-country championships, the men's race was decided on a tiebreaker, with NAU defeating Oklahoma State after both teams scored 83 points. Well, I want you to name three of NAU's scorers from that race.
1: Drew Bosley, Nico Young, and Brody Hastings. That is correct. Do you know any more? Is that the top three? I feel like I missed one of the top three. I wasn't the
0: top three. I think Brody Uh, was number four. Yeah, Brody was the four or five.
1: Who was the one dude who we were like raving about him?
0: Colin Robert, Salman. do you remember? Colin, Colin Salman did not score for an AU.
2: No, that's the guy we've been raving about.
0: No, there was the guy who like From Alaska, yeah, got nineteenth, to totally overperformed. I was about to say from Alaska, but I'm like, that's fake. <laughs> I'm like the guy from Alaska. Santiago Crosser is who you're thinking of. And the their fifth scorer was George Cush. Uh,
2: okay. Said. What about some love for the Oklahoma State scores? Can you name them, John? Here's my question for you, John. Name okay. three of the Oklahoma State scores.
0: Uh Isai Rodriguez, Victor Shitsama, and Alex Mayer. And the other stor- scorers scores were Fuad Masadi. Okay, that's four. I need to think who's their fifth. Did I miss someone? Rory Leonard, I think, was their other scorer, right? I'm going to check that out right now just to make sure I was. Yep, that's all five. Nailed it. I can keep my job. Okay. December. So, Robert, if you answer this question correctly, we're in a 6-6 tie, and I'm going to have to come up with a tiebreaker question on the fly. Otherwise, Weldon will win the Battle of the Johnsons for
2: 2022. In, in In past years, who's won? No- I,
0: I don't even remember who won last year. We're going to have to keep, create some sort of traveling trophy or something like this. Or Anyway, this is your question. On December 3rd in Portland, Newbury Park's Aaron Solomon surprisingly won the NXN boys title, which West Virginia athlete won the girls race in 1640, just three seconds off Caitlin Toohey's Glendavia golf course record. Right now I'm looking either at the face of a defeated man or a very good poker face of someone who knows the answer and is just trying to extend for maximum drama.
2: Now I know why all these people on the message board are saying you guys really need to hire someone, you know, pretty person of color, a female. Just would add so much to Let's Run. And it would. I would be I would actually care about who won the girls' high school national cross-country championship. I only care about Caitlin Tui, former team Phenom. I have no idea. Oh, oh, wait. It's that girl that I was kind of into this because she was so dominant beforehand. Motort? Magert,
1: Motort.
0: Oh, sorry, Robert. Well, do you know this one?
1: Can I celebrate my victory, John? I mean, what the I hell?
0: Like, I just want to see if you know the answer.
1: What? <laughs> I even say her name the West Virginia girl Cecilia McCabe or something Taylor <laughs> all... McCabe the NCAA runner
0: no she's Canadian as well
1: yeah but I'm shocked Robert updates the homepage all the time I know you don't have
0: to memorize names but like Irene Riggs is the answer Irene Riggs and that means by a score of 6-5 to Weldon Johnson is a 2022 trivia champion congratulations Weldon
1: Thank you, thank you. The year we have to cancel the trivia results. Probably should look into selling com that year.
2: Wow, 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 guys. I don't know what you guys have been talking about the last
1: minute or so. I I phone rang
2: with a you know, as a parent of a young child, I thought maybe it was the school. There's no caller ID. I answer more calls now just because I'm worried who it is and glad I answered it. You know, people think sometimes Rojo, you need to do more in depth pieces and break these drug stories and these big, big stories in the sport. And I'm like, that takes a lot of time and resources. And I'm also the older I get with the family, I don't necessarily want to open myself up to a lawsuit that could bankrupt me. I'm just going to say if you're someone that in the world of running might have trouble with law enforcement, the FBI has called me back. That's all I'm going to say. Got to call him back. Spoke to him in... Oh, I shouldn't say the month. Spoke to them last year at some point about a story that's been in the news and looks
0: like they're still working on it. Okay, that's very vague, I suppose. That's all we're going to get from you, Robert, that you were just talking to the FBI.
2: I want to make myself feel important, John, since most of the day I spend it trolling people on the message board and not doing investigative journalism like you. I want to feel...
0: Well, your ego is just taking a blow from losing to your brother in trivia. So I'll indulge you on this, Robert. All right. Looking at the weekend running. So we had, there's always a bunch of these New Year's races in Europe. And there was some decent road race performances over the weekend. One of the th- results, which is going to be in the week that was, that I thought was quite notable is Prisca Ch- Chesang. Of Uganda. She's only 19 years old. She ran 3019 in a road race in Europe and defeated Francine Niensaba. Niensaba hadn't lost a race all year, but she got beat by Chessang, who was the bronze medalist at the 5,000 at World Juniors in 2021 and 2022. I was very impressed by this, Robert. You wrote about it in the week that was. Did you anything else stand out to you from this? This was at the San Silvestre Valicana in Madrid on New Year's Eve.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, two things got my attention this. One, Nia Saba's getting spanked. Like I was afraid she would never lose to another, or excuse me, to a... People don't want me to harp on this. I don't know how else to harp on it. An XX female someone who's got the female the chromosomes of a normal female so the inside of a losing was significant to me and then someone with like i think just pb is 1506 so how how in the heck does she run 30, 30
0: 19 yeah
2: also joshua chapter guy was in this race inside got the win in 27 09 oh.
0: against Mohammed Khartia. He went out really fast. He ran 13 16, then slowed down a bit. But the Nian Saba thing, it's interesting because I was looking back at some of her results. I'm like, when's the last time she lost a race? It was over a year ago, September 2021. It was a 15K in Valencia. She was third. So, you know, there maybe is a limit to her range. We've seen her run well in the 10,000, but I think probably the 3K, 5K is going to be her. Well, the 800 we know is probably her best event, but 3K, 5K, she's very, very good. 10K maybe stretching it a little bit for her. It's also December 31st, so I don't know how much to read into it. But yeah, I think those are the two things. Chessang's really, really good. Nii Saba, not completely invulnerable.
2: And there were a couple other road race results. I mean, obviously, the Ekiden season in Japan has been going huge. It's amazing to me. The Hakon Ekiden, which is their men's college Ekiden, which is two days. The peak television viewing is thirty six percent of the country, or thirty five percent of the country, which is ridiculous. I mean, the U.S. Super Bowl was thirty six percent of the country last year, so pretty wild if it's that it's that popular. But the I'm just starting to get more and more excited for World Cross, and I mean, because you got guy, obviously he's in shape now. He's going to World Cross. And then there was a race on, I guess we didn't take off, but I don't think we talked about it on the podcast. December 23rd, Ball Rain Night and Half Marathon. Big money, $30,000 for first. Who won it? The Kenyan champ, Sebastian Solway, fifty eight forty eight, beating Daniel Abinho and Yumi Kajelcha. By the way, TJ Sasefa, remember her, the former 800 runner who was like the biggest surprise of 2022 in the marathon? Ran 215-37 in Berlin. I guess she showed that she's going to be legitimate moving forward because she won the women's race. But there was supposed to be, and I didn't, do you guys know this? this I mean, I, I don't understand why the stars of the other countries can race all the time, but our stars can never race, you know? Because Jakob Engerbritsen, he's already won Europeans. Cross country won that. He was going to go for the road 5k world record in Madrid at the Cursa del Nasos race, Actually, excuse me, in Barcelona, not Madrid. And this is where the world record was set last year. So Baruhu Aragawi had run 1249. Imagine being in 1249 shape on December 31st. And Agayu ran 1319, or excuse me, 1419, I think. But he got a throat infection, apparently pulled out. So I was unable to race that. But Ejigayutaye, sorry, ran 1419 last year. She won in 1421 this year. And then that got me going down the rabbit hole, folks. When I saw Ty A's name on the women's side, who's run like 14.12 on the track, and I saw Aragawe, who's run 12.49 on the roads and 12.50 on the track and beat Fisher in the Olympics in the 10,000, it just started me thinking about Grant Fisher. And I have a huge part of the week that was the written version of this podcast, I guess you might say, talking about Grant Fisher's amazing 2022, like... What a year, 1253, 728, 1253 indoors, 1246 outdoors, 2633, all American records, 728 and 3K along the way.
0: That was an American record too.
2: Oh, was the 3K?
0: I would think you remembered it because you convincing, you predicted it, Robert. I was, we had a discussion. I think it was on the podcast. It might've been off air, but I broached that he was going to be running that 3K in Monaco and- Said the American record would be tough, and you were like, Why wouldn't he get the American record? and you nailed it. So, he also got that one. Don't shortchange the man.
2: So, American records are three, five, and ten, and five indoors. I mean, that's ridiculous. And the highest finish ever by an American in the 10th, and then he gets fifth in the 5,000. But uh, it's
0: amazing. But he I was not, I, wasn't he? He was fifth. I thought he was like ninth in the 5,000. Oh, no, he was fifth. Sorry. A good thing there wasn't and a trivia in- question about that one. He had the high I remember because he had the highest combined finish, but he was in medal position. I wasn't sure how far he fell off.
1: In fairness, Billy Mills won a gold medal. Galen Rupp, silver medal at the Olympics. But I know you're talking about Worlds.
0: Yeah, it was sixth at Worlds in the 5K, just to clarify.
2: But I, I titled my segment here on the, on the week that was this amazing season, but... And it's kind of amazing to me. Like, if you say he had six huge races, those four American record attempts, then I would say the next, well, seven big races, I guess. Then the next two would be Worlds and the US Championships. How in the hell did he lose to Joe Clucker in the 10,000 USAs? And then in the 5,000 at Worlds, it's, I don't know what to think about it because. I just wrote in here. I said I really hope he medals at some point because, you know, I started, I, I, I thought a fisherman. I thought it was the two people I named. So like these are the three best runners on the planet Earth who have not medaled globally, probably. I mean, you can probably find a couple other people, but three, three of the biggest, fastest people. So he's not the only superstar that hasn't. I wouldn't call him a superstar. He's not the only super talented runner who hasn't medaled, but if you look at the world's 5,000, I mean, he's in the medal position coming off the final turn, loses his balance on the, on the, I don't know if he hit the rail or was just tired or what and finishes fifth. But if he never medals, I think he's going to regret that race right there because on the one hand, it was an amazing race. There's only five people. Like he's the 13th fastest human being at, at 5,000. And but not all of those runners are active right now. You know, uh, like John well we asked Weldon this. Well, if you line up all of the runners in the world and they're all in their peak fitness, best runners in the world, do you think Grant Fisher is one of the three best in 1,000 or 5,000? No. Right. So on that level, he should medal. But not everybody runs their, a- their best. Not everybody's in the race. Although this year, a lot of people were in the race. And, and, and that 5,000 Eugene, there's five men on planet Earth who are still racing on the track, who have run faster than, than Fisher for 5,000. You've got Joshua guy 12.53, Berega 12.43, Jacob Krop, 12.45, Nicholas Kipkarir, 12.46, and then uh, Yumif Kajelso, 12.46, and then Fisher's behind them at 12.46. Those five, run, There's five men in the world that have ever run faster than him that are still competing on the track. They're all in that Eugene final. So going in, you're probably not expecting a medal. But he beats four of those five guys. He beat everybody. He beat the Olympic 5,000 champion and world record holder, Joshua Cheptegei. He beat the Olympic 10,000, G- G- Solomon Brega And yet he doesn't medal because he loses to Oscar Chalimo and Luis Grialba.
0: Yeah, I mean, that race, he put himself, he ran basically perfectly for 4,900 meters. And then it can get bunched. Everyone's battling for position at high speed. You're making a decision in a split second about where you're going to plant your feet. I think he probably... You either ran out of gas or you made the wrong decision at that moment. Came up a little short. Yeah, that was the opportunity to medal. It looked like he was going to medal. He didn't do it. But I, yeah, I, I, don't know, I guess he'll probably regret that one for a while, but I also think he's going to be a medal contender for the next few years to come. I think, I think he will get a medal by the end of this World's Olympic world cycle that we're about to embark on. But yeah, that, that was his best chance so far, even though he was lower in that race than he was in the 10K or the World's of the Olympics.
2: And looking at that race, one other question I had is, John, maybe you can reach out to some people in Uganda or talk to them when you're all across. What has happened to Joshua Chepty got in that race? Like, he won the 10 He's the Olympic champion in the five. He wins the 10. Normally guys don't double back and just lay a goose egg.
0: I don't know what happened to him, Robert. I think it's a good question. And maybe we've just gotten used to people doubling at worlds. Mo Farah did it for so many years, but this happened in the 5k too. Let's about She wins the 10. She's only fifth in the 5k. I thought both of them kind of underperformed in those second races. Yeah, maybe we'll get an answer, but Speaking of Gide and Guy the world record holders, I love that they're both doing well Cross Gide, she ran the Ethiopian trials over the weekend in cross country. This race might have even been more stacked than the Kenyan cross country champs from a couple weeks ago. If you look at the people who was in this race, especially on the men's side, well, women's side, Makita Sabebe was third. She was a medalist in the steeple at Worlds this year. But the men's side, I just saw a picture. I was like, oh my God, there's so many studs. I mean, Telhun Bekele who's won a Diamond League 5K was in the... Salmon Berega, the Olympic 10K champion. He didn't even finish in the top six, so I don't think he's going to be going to World Cross, but the guys who are... Berahu Aragawi won the men's race. Tedes Waku was the world junior champion in the 3K in 2021. Katana Mola, 203 marathoner. I mean, it's a stacked men's team. And then the women's side, Gide won less than a month after running 216 at the Valencia Marathon. So like you said, Robert, if Ingebrigtsen and Gide, if they're all running this free, you know, bouncing back from marathons and running cross country, it would be nice to see some American stars do the same. But it does mean that Gide is going to World Cross. She got the bronze in 2019. She won the junior race twice in 15 and 17. She'll be going for her first senior title. And then Gay said after his race, on New Year's Eve that he will also be running World Cross in Bathurst. So if you've got the world champions and the 10,000 meters, they're both committed to doing World Cross. I think hopefully that inspires some more people to do it. Maybe they'll be scared off because they expect those two to win, but I'm very glad to see that both of them will be going down under next month for World XC.
2: By the way, if we have anyone, we we have a lot of supporting club members from Australia. If we have anyone that's a member of the government there, can you do something about waiving the visa fees? I had to, I had to pay about $250 to get John a journalist visa. I, I mean, I'm kind of upset. Like, world cross country is my thing. I always go. And now I'm just like, I can't afford to go. The, the Australian government's trying to milk it for all it's worth.
1: Uh, I think you guys messed up. I, well, for some reason, while you were guys are talking about this, I just Googled USA visa Australia. Most U.S. passport holders traveling to Australia for tourism or business purposes for less than 90 days can, can obtain An electronic travel authority, ETA, for a small service fee.
0: I looked into this well then. I don't think the business activities I will be conducting, which is reporting on World Cross, I don't think that's covered under that. I reached out to the Athletics Australia liaison. They also said ETA wouldn't suffice. You would need this business visa. So I did look into that. But anyway, we will, we will have boots on the ground. We'll get there one way or another. Some other news came out, I think, on New Year's Day. The Wild Duck in Eugene, the popular post-meet hangout a few blocks away from Hayward Field, will be closing. And I found this, this is particularly bummer for me because it's one of the first places I went to in Eugene. I remember Robert took me when I was just a young intern in 2014. So the Wild Duck, we were there for the pre-classic. But I think we bumped into Pat Casey, who was there with some of his college buddies. And he recognized Robert. I was like, Oh, wow. Let's run's got some sway in the running world. All these pro runners, they recognize Rojo. Pat got second at USA's in the 1500 that year, by the way. But it was just sort of the place you could go in Eugene after any big meet. And you kind of knew you'd always bump into someone. Was it the greatest bar in the world? I mean, It was fine. It served alcohol it was close to the track and that's basically the main appeal of it. Everyone kind of knew that was the place to go. I'm kind of hoping that either somewhere will spring up in its place or people there's a wild goat bar and grill that's a couple blocks away on Franklin Boulevard that might just become the go-to hangout. I don't think it was quite as beloved as an institution as Coogan's was but I enjoyed going to the Wild Duck. I always had a pretty good time there. I'm sad to see it go. What say you guys?
1: It's just a referendum on the popularity of track and field that the two most famous track bars gone under in the last what five years? And yeah. what was that? What was
0: that Falmouth Bar called too, John? The Elliott Lounge. It was in mm-hmm. Boston. And that is no more either.
1: So hey. Nothing's forever, John. Nothing. But look, that establishment, another bar will go in the exact same spot. It's really sad. I guess they didn't make millions of dollars at Worlds like everybody said they would with just the jillions of tourists, the World Championships, which didn't happen. But why doesn't anyone just go to McMenamin's right after the thing? It's literally like half a block from Hayward Field.
0: Oh, People go to McMenamin's. I've definitely seen people there, but I think it doesn't stay open quite as late.
1: Or just go to Tracktown Pizza. Like, How hard can it be to have one spot everybody agrees to run with? I think It's, it's... it's not the same vibe, though, I must say. E- either one of those places. Wild Duck is better bar scene than Tracktown Pizza or McMenamin's.
0: Yeah, it's a bar because you've got an outdoor area. People can congregate. You've got an actual bar where people are standing. I, it was 2021 I, Olympic trials. It's funny. There were COVID restrictions pretty much every restaurant in town. We went to Tracktown Pizza, went to McMenamin's. You had to have, like, masks on. There were all these tables that were taped off. And then you just go in the wild duck and it was as as if COVID wasn't even happening. Everyone was bunched together, body to body. No one was wearing a mask. It's like, it's kind of funny that this... I don't know whether they were following the rules or not, but it was as if COVID did not exist.
1: I mean, apparently the Prince of Monaco, Prince Albert, had been at wild duck. I never saw him there, but I heard he was there. Everyone. I think...
0: Oh, I'm sure like most... Like almost... Every American, prominent American track figure from the last 10 years probably stepped foot in the Wild Duck at some point. I bet Galen Rupp's been there. No, I know
1: Rupp and Alberto for sure.
0: Yeah.
1: The big question though the one guy who I've never met or seen outside of a track meet. Well, he did show up at the TAFWA meeting one time. Why didn't we meet him there? That was really stupid. So, fellow ex journalists, there's still hope for us, John, to do something with our lives. Phil Knight. Do you think Phil Knight has been to the Wild Duck?
0: Well, I, I was thinking this. I'm like, wait a minute. Phil Knight has spent so much money on Hayward Field. Why doesn't he just pay some money, take over the wild duck? And he subsidize? this is a gift to track and field. We're going to keep it going. But I do think, yes, the, the main appeal to this place was that it was where everyone knew after the meat you could gather. And that's where the track people go. And there are some other establishments nearby that could take up that mantle or whatever ends up opening in its place. Because, I, you know, to me, I've been the sport for almost a decade. I haven't known a Eugene without the Wild Duck, but I only started covering the sport in 2014. And people, Malmo on the message boards, like, look, this place only opened in 2012. It used to be downtown. Like, before that, people would gather at different spots. It's just sort of, I view it as like an institution, but it's like, well, actually, it's not really an institution for the old timers.
1: I mean, it's, I'm getting old, John, but there was this article. I mean, we used to compete ourselves the party scene in eugene talks about a u.s pro can't say much more than this without really identifying him it's a him dropping his pants outside of a bar and it was more than the downtown area google it kids party scene in eugene let's run.com
2: when weldon was talking about how he's seen everybody at the wild duck except for somebody i thought he was gonna say max Siegel. I've never really seen the USA TF honchos there. But when I first saw this news, I was like, this confirms it. Yet another reason never to have another track meet in Eugene. I'm so tired of going there. But then I thought about it. I'm like, what was special about the well Duck? It wasn't like it was cool. It was just the location. All the people were there. Like there was nothing like authentic about it really or cool or great beer or cheap prices or anything, great food. And I'm not the only one who thinks that way. Mac Fleet, former... Oregon runner, right? Was he an NCAA champion, John? Help me out here.
0: Two-time NCAA 1500 champion.
2: He is on Twitter, typed up the most devastating Eugene closures. John Henry is number one. Papa Soul Food, number two. The Speakeasy, number three. My Title Lounge, four. Taylor's five. Doesn't list the rest, but all the way down at number 1,000, he has the wild ducks. So I guess the locals, you know, they're not, they're, they're not ashamed to see so it go. Although I'm a little bit upset because I stayed with a woman who has a house up on the Hill. She and her husband found Steve Prefontaine dead. And well, he was still alive when the car rolled over right there on the Hill. It, it's got like, you can find an Airbnb, literally like 20 people could stay in her house. Um, by the way, a major U S pro team tried to stiff, stiff, her last year at the trials. And, she sued them on Airbnb and Airbnb made them pay. So I don't want to bash that pro, but shame on you. Shame on you for trying to screw this old lady. But she, um, her son, I think was a chef at the wild deck. So hopefully unemployment, unemployment is probably pretty good in Oregon.
0: Uh, Another piece of news that came out this week. Mahideen McKissie Benabod, the colorful French steeplechaser, Announced his retirement at the age of 37. Now, some people would say he's famous for his steeplechasing accomplishments. He's the fastest non-African-born steepler ever, 8 flat 0.09. He's the only man to win three Olympic medals in the steeplechase. But I'm not sure if I'm going to, I mean, as great as he was at the steeple, I don't think that's why I'm going to remember him. Because this guy got up to some stuff on the track. Do you guys remember what I'm talking about here? How will you remember Makisi Benabad?
2: I'll remember him for being a prick. Repeatedly. Most people only remember one instance. I remember two. Oh,
0: I, so I remember two, but then I was doing some research. This man, if you go on his Wikipedia page...
1: John, why do you need to bring his gender into this? Just...
0: I'm sorry, yes, that's all. That's me, always interjecting gender into these conversations. Uh, this individual, if you go on his Wikipedia page, there is a section titled, Mascot Abuse Incidents. Plural. So, Robert, I assume one of the incidents you're referring to is 2012, when he... Well, I'll just quote from the article here. After winning the 3,000-meter steeplechase final at the 2012 European Championships, Mekisi Benabad walked over to the championship mascot, Appy, which was being worn by a 14-year-old girl, smacked a gift bag out of her hands, and pushed her with both hands. He was not fine and did not apologize regarding the incident. And then there's another sentence saying he did a similar thing in 2010 after winning Euros in the steeple. This one wasn't as bad, but he I'd say it's slightly more playful, but maybe not in retrospect. He The mascot was on their knees, and he Push the mascot over. So that was his mascot incidents. But Robert, what is the other incident that you remember? Because there are a few.
1: Well, I got one, John. Didn't he pull a Jimmy Weiner and get DQ'd for celebrating in a race?
0: That is correct. 2014 European Championships steeple after. Actually, he might have taken off the singlet before the final barrier, but for. Most of the home straight, he was either carrying it, he might have put it in his mouth at some point. He took off his French singlet and ran shirtless down the straightaway. And he was disqualified, even though he crossed the line first in that race.
2: We have to write an article. Just write it in a nice way. One of track and field's all-time great villains has retired. Here's his most...
0: Notorious moments. Well, no, no. You guys, you guys haven't hit on the most notorious incident of all. Do you remember this? 2011 Monaco Diamond League.
2: Yes, he got in a fight. That The two incidents I remember are the fight. He got in a fight. Was it the 1500? Yeah. He ran the 1500 for some reason. He got in a fight with Mehdi Bala. I mean, punches were thrown. And here, they both were suspended. He received... They both received a suspension of 10 months, five of which were suspended, and both were flying 1500 euros in order to perform 50 hours of community services. Of course, they were still cleared to compete in Worlds, so it was a very hallow suspension, but that's what I remember. And then I also believe, and no one talks about this, correct me if I'm wrong, I think this is the cat that... Was it the next Olympics? Was it 20...
0: It was 2016. I know what you're going for here, Robert. 2016 Olympics.
2: Yeah, he, he crossed the finish line in fourth and was like jumping up and down celebrating because he had seen... The great um, Ezekiel Kenboy. He'd seen Ezekiel Kenboy step on the line and was reporting him to get him DQ'd. He knew that he would be DQ'd because if you graze that line, you're out. He had seen it happen because he was behind him and was like celebrating. I'm like, that is disgusting to me. That that to me is like the most disgusting. I mean, other things are seem like a rage problem. Do I dare say? Well, I probably hopefully he's not listening. Roid rage.
0: Well, the, in defense, the baller thing—I don't. I need to look at tape, but I think someone mentioned that baller might have headbutted him. I don't know what set that off. Obviously, neither of them should be throwing punches at each other. But yeah, the, I just thought that DQ in the 2016 Olympics was such poor sportsmanship. Like, is that really? Are you entitled to that medal? I suppose you are by the rules, but just seems kind of lame. Like, is that really the way you want to be standing on an Olympic podium? It was for him. So he is retiring, but he's certainly character. And in Robert's words, he, I mean, I, Robert called him a prick. I think you could say kind of an asshole. I didn't know the guy personally, but he got up to some stuff on, on the track.
1: Hold on guys. Can we agree on one thing? The the European suspension was bullshit. Disqualification. That was excellent. He should not be DQ'd for that. Celebrating during a race should never lead to a DQ. I don't care. It should be about getting to the finish line in first place, as long as you don't punch somebody or something. Come
0: on. I, I do agree with you on that one, Weldon. He was clearly the best athlete in the race. He didn't hurt anyone. He looked like, an, I think, it was pretty classless to do that. But, yeah, he won the race fair and square. I don't think that should have been a DQ. I thought it
1: was great, that celebration, actually. Well, I don't, can't remember. I But I'm... Doesn't bug me really. I like the John McEnroe's of the world. Illy Nastasi. Does that name ring a bell to you, John? He's probably a little young. I've remember.
0: heard of him, but I don't know what he would be. I didn't know, he is he famous for doing some celebration thing?
1: He was a bad boy of tennis, John. And he also was the first sports figure to sign an endorsement contract with Nike.
0: Oh, really? Wait, before like Steve Prefontaine?
1: Wikipedia, it says, Nastassi was the first professional sports figure to sign an endorsement contract with Nike. I think pre-worked for Nike, so this may be considered
0: slightly different. But at least he'll be remembered. Well, here's the thing. If you want to call him the bad boy of Track and Field, I mean, Track and Field could use a bad boy. You know, it's bad boys make sports interesting. So, yeah, was he a bit of a villain? Yeah, but it was also exciting to watch when he wasn't actually literally throwing punches against another athlete.
1: Yeah. Punching 14-year-old girls or boys. Not a good idea. Um, But he entertained us. Gave us something to talk about. The journalist, I loved him.
2: Wait, I, I got to get back to something. Walden said Prefontaine worked for for Nike. So Nike since day one has never paid their employees a living wage. Like the the people in the sweatshop in China now are still struggling. And back in the day, St- Prefontaine was on food stamps in his trailer. That's kind of a joke, but only kind of.
1: I think your timing's off. I bet you the Prefontaine family's still doing pretty well from Nike. You've got to read Shoe Dog, Great book. You know, Pre- Prefontaine worked for Nike when they were se- essentially selling Asic shoes. Nike's come a long way.
0: Yes, they have. All right. One more thing I want to hit before we get to our look ahead to 2023, and that's a look ahead to next week, the Houston Half Marathon. We'll do a more detailed preview on the podcast next week, probably the Friday 15 next week is when we'll talk about it. But they came out with the Half Marathon fields on Tuesday, and they're they're tremendous. I'm really excited for this race now. It's always one of the best U.S. road races, but especially – in 2023, here's a sampling of who's running this event. J- Emily Sisson, the half marathon American record holder. Jenny Simpson, her debut half. Tiranesh Dababa, her first race in over four years. The woman, some believe, is the greatest female distance runner of all time. Molly Huddle, former American record holder in the half. Connor Mance, Edward Cheserek; Shura Katada. Are you guys ex- as excited for this thing as I am? I think it could be great, especially if the weather is cooperative to running fast.
2: I'm very, very excited. And last night, I'm I'm going to admit I, I almost fired you, John. Like I I got very close. Like I'm kind of slowly coming to the realization I'm probably not going to make it to World Cup country, which I love to go to. I always go Uganda, China. My wife would probably let me go, but it's just such an ass to go all the way to Australia. Plus the expenses and other things I want to ask her about. So I may not go, but so I was bitter about that. And then I saw you, I was on Twitter, which is normally a mistake to get on late at night. But, and I saw you tweeting about this race and I thought, my God, has John done it again? If John's posting thoughts on twitter but not posting them on the message board i'm gonna fire him because i don't make money when the discussion's on twitter i make money when the discussion's on let's run i want the message board to stay relevant and i went straight to the message board and sure enough john had started a message board threat so john you saved your job
0: i love my lesson i know that you get mad when i tweet exclusively tweet about big news i knew this was big news so not only that i created the I copied the press release. I published it as an article. So, thank yes, I'm glad I was able to keep my job.
2: But you had four questions on here, and I answered them all right away. Consistent lower her American record. What does Debaba have left at age 37? What does Simpson do in her debut? And what am- can Mance break holes? AR. And this was an easy answer for me. And so Sis lower her AR. Yes. What does DeBaba have left at age thirty-seven? A lot. What does Simpson do in her thirteen-point-one debut? I almost put I don't care. I decided to be nice. Well, told me to be nice that the pros don't get offended. I put nothing in terms of being world class. I mean, maybe other people will get excited, and lots of people will get excited about her being something like a two twenty-eight marathoner, but I don't think she'll be in that. But I don't think I'll be in that category. Now I was proven wrong. Earlier this year, I thought I wouldn't get excited about seeing Evan Jagger try to break 820 in the steeplechase, and I did get excited by that. But what about this, guys? What's the lifetime over-under for Jenny Simpson in the marathon? I put it, if it's 225, I'm going
0: well over that. Yeah, I'm going over it. I don't even know if she'll run a marathon. She's admitted she... I talked to her in New York about this at length, and we're going to have a story on that next week ahead of her half debut in Houston. But she said that she doesn't even sure she's going to go to the marathon because she has a lot of respect for how difficult it is. She doesn't want, she can't just show up and have success there immediately. She was a 1500 runner. She was one of the best, she was the best 1500 runner this country's ever produced. But that's a different skill set, usually, from that and the marathon. So, she knows how difficult it's going to be and yeah if you've run 357 for 1500 most of the time you're not running that fast for the marathon. Now Sarah Vaughn did run what 226. So if Sarah Vaughn can run 226 in the marathon, would I be shocked if Jenny Simpson could run 224 or 225? No, but I don't think she's ever going to be force you know, she, I don't think she's ever going to be one of America's top marathoners and I'm not sure if she even expects that. She's just going to the roads to see what she can do.
2: As for your last question, can man's break Hall's American record? 16 year old American, record, fifty-nine forty-three. I wrote maybe. I know Hall was incredibly good, but there's zero no reason that Hall's records still exists in the super shoe era. So I'm actually leaning towards yes, because we've talked about this before. It's very rare that people are actually geared up and going for this. I think this is something that's kind of been on his radar. If he's going to try to run this and then get in shape for maybe U.S. cross. John, when is the U.S. cross-country championships, by the way? Well,
0: here's the thing. The Houston half is on January 15th. And the U.S. cross-country championships are on January 21st. So. Oh, perfect. Well, is it perfect or is that too close? Like, I feel like Connor Mance, it wouldn't be that much of a stretch to do both, but. Will doing the Houston Hoff preclude him from running U.S. Cross? I don't know. I guess we should reach out and see what his plans are.
2: People were acting like they were on the same weekend. To me, that six days is perfect. You have no excuse. You're in great shape. You do this. You rest up for a week. You run U.S. Cross, and you better go to world cross country. If you're a two-time NCAA cross country champion and you don't go to World Cross country, again, your pro card should be stripped. We've got Chep Guy, we got DeGay doing any U.S. long-distance pro. That means someone who thinks that they have a chance of making the team in the 10000 that does not go to Australia should immediately have the professional card stripped by Max Siegel. Now, some of you may be asking what a no. professional card is. It Robert, doesn't exist.
1: Robert, Nike will reward him for breaking the U.S. half Marathon record and for making Worlds in the 10K. They're not going to reward him for running U.S. cross-country. He's not going.
0: I, 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 you mean? know what? No I'm I bet gonna, when he I'm, does go. I'm going to text him right now. Maybe he responds before the podcast's over. I'm going to say, hey, Connor, saw you doing the Houston half. Are you planning on running U.S. cross or world cross? And we'll see if he gives an answer. My bold prediction, I agree that
1: Sisson will lower her record. Debaba, I'm very interested in.
0: Like, I guess she's been
1: having kids.
0: Yeah, she had a kid in 2019, and then she got... Apparently, she got COVID after that, but... She didn't race in 2021. Well, she didn't race in 2020, 2021, or 2022, or 2019. It's been twenty eighteen was her last race. So I don't know what's going on, if it was a serious case of COVID, or if she's dealing with long COVID, but in the press release, she said her training had been going well. She's thirty-seven, which I mean Kira D'Amato missed about seven years, came back and ran two nineteen at age thirty seven. I think Tiranesh Shabab is a hell of a lot more talented than Kira D'Amato. so I think she could do something still, but four years is a long way away from racing.
1: Yeah. But I mean, this is arguably the long time, all time great in women's distance running. Let's see here. 12 time gold medalist, world gold medalist if you count cross country. We don't even think of her as a marathon. And her marathons, she's got a 217, a 218, a 218. There's still hope for her. Should we fly John down to Houston?
2: Maybe I could go down and visit my parents in Austin. Because I want to ask her. I I need to ask the questions nobody else will do. I I need to know how.
1: Yeah, you guys go. But Houston had some big deal. Like, today's the last day to apply for press credentials, like, three weeks ago. I'm like, Houston? Really? No offense. I love Houston. But, well, actually, I hate Houston because I'm from Dallas. But I love the race. But I'm like, whoa, this isn't like the Super Bowl. But you guys should go. You guys should go for sure. Wait, when is it next weekend?
0: Yeah, it's next Sunday. And also remember, we've Wait, got... I may we've go. got One of you guys should... I think we should send someone. I think it would be you guys have Texas roots. So it would make sense if you want to visit your family or something.
2: I didn't explain why I want to go. It's not to watch the Rays. I, I want to ask to Baba how Nathan is doing, her son. He's now seven. He's almost eight. He's showing any interest in running? How's his talent level looking, considering his dad is Salicy Saini? And then this, and he was born child, in
0: Philadelphia, right? That's the big. Well, thing excuse me. Yes, an he's American, a U.S. citizen. Yeah.
2: And then the second child here, we don't know much about. If it's, I assume it's a boy, but I don't know. It's a second child named Allen, A L L O N. Was this child born in America? We have no idea. There was not any any that was sort of not really ever clear so you know i'm looking for you know my job is to prepare us for olympics how many medals are we going to make i've got to project my 2040 olympic predictions you know up or down
0: since when is your job to to protect american distance running medals
2: i said predict
0: predict oh predict okay okay
2: you know DraftKings wants the latest betting line probably like how many medals will america win in 2040
0: well, one thing I was going to mention also, Tashomei Mekinen, who just got a citizenship last year, uh, but he's a 60o half marathoner from Ethiopia, now living and training in the U.S. He'll be running the marathon in this event uh, in Houston and is shooting for a time well under 210. Uh, I think he's been training with Harren Lagat out in Colorado, and I think 206 or 207 is what he was hoping to do based on his fitness. So that could be an exciting storyline to watch in the full marathon as well.
2: Should we sit on the Let's Run singlet? Pay him five grand, let him race in it? Because he doesn't have a
0: sponsor. I think that's an offer we should make, Robert. If you want to... I mean, if you want to put it out there, but from what I understand, I don't think he has a sponsor right now. Yeah. Five grand?
1: Less? one race? Like that's probably more than like the third place prize money at the Houston Marathon.
2: I mean, marathoners race twice a year <laughs> and they get paid like a hundred grand. So how, how much does Kipchoge race? Weldon then he's paid multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars to race twice a year. So I don't think 5,000 for one race is too bad.
1: I would pay him five grand if he broke like an American record in the singlet. Yeah.
0: I think Weldon's point is you'll, like I don't know if there's on. going to be a competing bid that's going to be $5,000. You could probably get them for less they if can, you wanted to. Right.
1: They market the person year-round, they have them at events, like, come on.
0: Alright. So that's Houston. We'll have more on it next week. I'm very, very excited for that event. But I think now it's time to get to our 2023 predictions. And I'm going to start by reviewing our 2022 predictions. We try to go for bold predictions here. These are not, like, Oh, I think Sidney McLaughlin's going to win the US title or something like that. These are, we try to go a little bit out there. And apparently we went too far out there in 2022 because none of our predictions ended up coming true.
1: Do you guys want clip number one or clip number two?
0: Do clip number one. Well, then.
2: Grant Hallway will break the 110 men's world record.
0: All right, Robert, I did ask for bold predictions, and you realize he missed the world record by a hundredth of a second last year. I'm hoping that your next two are a little bolder than that, but I think that would be fun to see as well. My prediction, first prediction, sprint prediction, Arian Knighton will be your 200-meter world champion in 2022. Okay, so that wasn't a total disaster. We didn't get either of those predictions right, but Grant Holloway won the world title. He ran 12.99 this year, and he tied his world indoor record in the 60 hurdles. Not break his 100, well, he did not break the 110 meter outdoor record. Arian Knighton was the world leader for a while at 1949 until Noah Lyle surpassed him. He got the bronze medal at Worlds, just one place improved from his fourth at the Olympics. So I don't think we should be embarrassed by either of those predictions, Robert, but neither of them ended up coming true.
1: But John, you made it sound like it was just taken for granted that the world record in the hurdles would go. These clips are easy. We'll do clip number two here while we're on a hot streak.
2: Number two. Well, I can't even do number three then because number three is not very bold. But number two is bold. I think The men's 1,500-meter world record will fall in 2022.
0: God damn it, Robert. You stole my prediction. That was mine as well.
2: John, you're my mini-me.
0: So Weldon, for some reason, didn't make any predictions last year. I don't know if he just wanted to be the guy who was playing the clips to make Robert and I sound bad a year later or that nothing could come back to haunt him, but Robert and I were the only ones with the stones to make any predictions in 2022, so sorry for trying.
1: Well, that clip did keep going on, and and you guys debated, does Potato Tim break the record, or Jakob Ingerbutsen? And I came in and said, Potato Tim, if anyone breaks it, it's Potato Tim. And Potato Tim, that's Timothy Chariot, for you guys new to the sport, had an awful year by his standards. And... I know I was told to have bold predictions for this year, but I didn't know we were doing this like first in that segment. I have all these other questions. We're talking about 2023.
0: Okay, okay, fine. We can end with our bold predictions. We can
1: no, but, we can do it. We can do it. I'm right. just trying to think. Can I? Let me look at the. Like, I'll uh,
0: let you stall. I can make my predictions first, but okay. it is interesting listening to that thing. Like our debate was, oh, is it going to be Ingebrigtsen or is it going to be Chariot breaking the world record? And I'm like, at the end of the year, I'm like, how is this even a debate? Why would we be thinking Chariot? would break this record, but he's run 328. He was a diamond league champion in 2021 and beaten Ingebrigtsen in that race. But yeah, he'd been at the top for a while and this was kind of the year he came back to earth a bit. Whereas Ingebrigtsen continued being Ingebrigtsen.
1: Okay. I got two good ones. None, neither one distance
0: running. Okay.
1: Let me find a distance one
0: here. Well, I'm going to start. Here's my first bowl prediction for 20, oh, actually, sorry. Here are the ones we, we also didn't read this. Obviously, Ingrid Brixen did not break the world record uh, in the 1500. Robert and I both predicted that last year. Neither of us were right. And then my third prediction was that Galen Rupp would win the World Championship Marathon on home soil in Eugene. That did not happen. He was 19th place. He ran 209. If you told me Galen Rupp runs 209 at the World Championship Marathon, I would be like, alright, he probably did pretty well. No, he was 19th. So... My first full prediction for 2023. Drum roll, please. I'm running it back, baby. Jakob Ingebrigtsen breaks the 1500 meter world record in Monaco on July 21st. It's going down. If he's healthy, I think he does it.
1: Wait, I thought there was no 1500 in Monaco, or was that last year?
0: Oh, sorry. There's no Diamond League 1500 in Monaco this year. Um, so. They can still add it if the meat rec- organizers want it. But, all right, all right, I'm going to hedge on this a little. Either he will... If there's a 1500 in Monaco and he's in it, Inger Rixon will get it. Or, if he's in a mile in Oslo, the Bislett games, he will get the mile world record.
1: I heard... Th- I thought there was a 1500 in Oslo this year. No mile, people were saying.
0: All right, well, if it's... Again...
1: That can't be the case, they, though, right? There's always a mile in Oslo.
0: They wouldn't run a fifth. I mean, the only reason they'd run the 1500 in Oslo is if they want to go after the 1500 world record, but why wouldn't you just go after the mile world record? But that's all right. My prediction Oslo or Monaco, whichever one of those he goes after, if it's a fast time, he'll break the world record in that meet. I
1: wasn't smart enough to repeat a prediction from last year.
0: It's kind of a cop out, but I also feel like. If he doesn't do it this year, I'm just going to run this thing back for 2024. I think he's one of our sport's all-time talents. I think he'll probably get the world record at some point. If I just predict it every year, eventually it'll happen.
2: I don't think that is wise. I did think about predicting him for the 5,000 world record, John. But if we assume he's clean and the people currently having the world records weren't clean, those are hard to beat.
0: Well, the people, it's Whoa. one person has the mile and the 1500 world record. It's the same guy. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough record. There's a reason why these things haven't been touched since the 90s, which was, you know, the height of the EPO era. But I think Ingebrigtsen's talented enough. If the stars align and he's healthy the whole year round, I think he could do it. But yes, it's going to be very, very hard.
1: Okay, Bowl prediction. Number one. Who's next? Me or Robert?
0: Well, you sound like you have one you want to spill, so go.
1: Bold prediction number one The world champion in the women's 100 meters will be Shakari Richardson.
0: Oh my God. Nice wow. <laughs> that bold.
2: That's a great one. Good one, then right? Can, Good prediction. Then we can say, Shakari, we had your back all these years. I well, like I- that. I like that.
0: I, I I think it's a very bold prediction. I think it's more likely she doesn't make the U.S. team than that she's the world champion, but she has the talent. The problem is she's also going up against more talented, I would say, arguably, more talented sprinters. I mean, Shelly Ann Fraser-Price is the goat of women's 100-meter running. She just had her best year ever and won the world title. Elaine Thompson-Hurrah, I mean, she usually... She's more of a factor in Olympic years, but she's still around. Sharika Jackson ran 10-7 this year. I mean, it's going to be really hard to beat the Jamaicans, but I applaud the prediction, Weldon. I mean, I have all of Jamaica
1: coming after me now. I'm sorry, Jamaica. I love you guys. If this goes out on YouTube, I mean, this is a podcast where we put clips on YouTube. So, hate me. Hate the prediction. But, I mean, this is this is also after the year that we all said, Shelly Ann Frazier-Price should have been the World Athlete of the Year. Not Sidney McLaughlin. McLaughlin had the performance of the year. But Shelly Ann Frazier-Price at age...
2: 36 now.
1: She was 35 during the competition season. She's she's young, John. Young. When you get to my age, that's young. 35, 36? Oh, yeah. Had the greatest year ever by a 100-meter female sprinter. Body of work. Well, I
2: think I probably... I I don't agree with your assessment that we said she should be the world athlete of the year. I was initially thinking certainly sprinting over Sydney McLaughlin, but I was looking at some other publications and they had Sherika Jackson having a better season than Shelly ann Fraser Price. I think Track and Field News had her right ahead of Shelly ann Fraser Price.
1: On what because, grounds? Come because
2: Shelly Ann Fraser Price ran basically equally as fast on the all time list, right, John? At the two hundred as Shelly ann Fraser Price in the one hundred, and then Sherika Jackson also got a second medal. She got the silver in the one hundred. Where Shelly Fraser Price did she even medal in the two hundred, John?
0: Shelly did she? She got the bronze in the two hundred, right? Or the, or the silver? Maybe she got the silver in the two hundred. I- yes, the silver. Yeah. So no, I I don't think if you're saying oh they got a medal, they each got gold, silver, and they were each pretty high. I mean. Sharika Jackson ran the number two time in history, which Chilean Fraser-Price did not do, but Chilean yeah, also ran, like, she had a higher volume of historically fast times in the women's 100, and also, if you, well, if you remove the Flojo times, I think her time would have been number four, in number three in history, Elaine thompson herahs run 10-5-4, Chilean ran 10 6. yeah, she would have had, you know, it wouldn't have been number two, but it was pretty damn fast. Go well, by that logic, John. If you
1: remove the floor, Joe, chimes. Well, Sherika Jackson would have the
0: world record. Fair. Um, I,
2: I was just surprised that people had said that because SAFP was more. I was more into that than Sherika Jackson, but I may just be biased. Is it wrong? It's to put a glory 100, event. The hundreds, I value 100 more than 200. Yes. A hundred percent. So anyways, my big bull prediction. And I don't think I really want this to be the case anymore. But since I've been saying this for a number of years, I've got to stick to it. Elliot Kipchoge will not win the Boston Marathon. The greatest marathoner of all time will be exposed as a one-trick pony. He's great, well, one-and-a-half tricks. He's great at flat races, rabbited or unrabbited, when you put him on a legitimate cross on a legitimate marathon course, he begs for no moss. And I may even go a step farther, but if that part's pre- if that part happens, I'm vindicated. The second part doesn't have to be true for me to be, to win this one. It may be so bad, but I don't even, that he just doesn't even try to run New York. He realizes I can't handle the Hills. I don't want to go to New York. I said, I'll run all the majors now that, that, that may be hard to get out of because the, Do they already sign the contracts now? Do we know they've already signed like the fall marathon contracts?
0: I think it's usually right after the spring. I mean, some athletes, it depends. But Kipchoge always says he doesn't like to chase two rabbits. So I would guess right after Boston is when he would sign for New York.
2: Yeah, he didn't like to chase two rabbits. He just likes to have a phalanx of like 40 Nike rabbits, you know, illegally pacing him for one minute, one hour, 59
1: minutes and 41 seconds. Are we sure New York's going to have an elite race this year? Ooh. Trolling, trolling.
2: Will needle, we'll, we'll needle Lynch be the New York Roadrunners chairman of
1: the board. But also, on our, our shocking things from 2021, I can't believe nobody said this. That non-binary prize money became a thing at like the New York Roadrunner events. I would have said, no way. Like, just... No way. And now it's, like, cascaded everywhere. I think, do all the majors have it now, John? No, Chicago didn't have price money. Chicago didn't have price money.
0: 2022 is what you're talking about there. And Robert wanted me to include that in our, like, crazy can't-believe-that-happened stuff in 2022. And I was like, yeah, I guess it's a I don't know, I just didn't, I'm not as passionate about this whole thing as you are. I don't, again, I don't think they should be paying the non-binary prize money, but I just didn't. I'm like, uh, am I really going to write about this? It doesn't get me excited to write about that topic.
1: But in like February or March, the New York City runs, they have this like half marathon. I think it's called the Brooklyn Half. And and they have this prize money. They were the first race to have equal, they had equal non-binary prize money. And I emailed the race director. We had a great conversation. He's like, look, I just, I'm all about inclusivity. I don't really care about the elite in the sport. And I was like, okay, that's an interesting perspective, but I, we had this nice conversation, and I point out to him, "Like, do you realize you're still favoring biological males?" And he's like, "Oh, I didn't really realize that." And, but never did I think, like six months later, the New York City Marathon would be like doing the same thing. Well, not equal amounts, but in their other races. Yes.
0: Okay, so Robert has a, this is a bit of a rollover prediction for Robert because he said this before on the pod, but I've also I rolled over my prediction too. All right, well then, actually, i no, I'll go to me because we've all given one bold prediction. This is my second bold prediction. And it's a little less bold now because Conor Mance was just announced for Houston, but I was was kind of hoping he would be because this is where I expected him to do it. Conor Mance breaks Ryan Hall's American record in the half marathon. I don't know how bold that is, but it's been 16 years. I think Conor Mance is a supreme talent. He has the super shoes. Houston's a fast course. If the weather's good, I think that thing goes down. I
1: think it will not happen by Connor Mance. I think the record will go down this year. And it'll go by down by someone who shows up at World Cross Country this year. Anyone from the United States who runs the World Cross Country Championships, one of those men will break the world half marathon. Break
0: the American record in the half marathon. What if it's yeah. Conor Mance? What if Connor Mance breaks the American record, then shows up at World Cross? That good karma will make it possible for him. But he will not break it in Houston.
2: Did you text him, John?
0: I texted him. I have not received a response yet.
2: I'm trying to look here at the list, the all-time U.S. half marathon list, and see what the fastest times are without the super shoes. Besides that, 59.43. Now, Ritzenheim. And I don't think Conor Mance is a Ritzenheim-type talent. think he's close he ran 60 flat that won a bronze medal for him and todd williams ran 60 11
0: but i think that was a downhill course we do have a world half marathon championships this year by the way in riga latvia on october 1st so if the u.s i don't know how fast that course is going to be but the u.s sends a good amount of like that race is going to be one well under 60 minutes. If you put them all on the super shoes on a pretty fast course and three or four of America's best half marathoners, give it a shot. I think that could go just because 59 43 the top Americans should be running that fast with super shoes in the year, 2023.
1: Ooh, I might go to that, John.
0: You should, we should send someone because it's not just the world half. It's the world road running championships. So you've got the world 5k and mile road mile, championships on the Saturday and then on the Sunday is the world half so it's going to be a big time running event I hope a lot of the stars show up it's only two weeks off the Diamond League final so hopefully some of the track people keep going I think it has the potential to be a really great event I'm very excited about it
2: oh I like it. I was not excited about it when this first came out because to me less is more I'd rather have fewer events but have them big events but I actually like this two weeks of the Diamond League final it's good timing hopefully people you know to me I want the best people there. So if they just ran the road, the track, they might as well keep going through roads. All right, and my also two, it's, it's but, a
0: warm up as well, Robert. Though because the five k and the mile, you you know we have the legit world track championships. But then the world half is like a big one. That's a serious one that people value. So you have the two sort of lesser races to get you excited on Saturday, the big one on Sunday. Robert, prediction number two.
2: For my second big bull prediction. Again, this is one I'm not really sure I want to happen. I don't actually think it's going to happen this year. I think it's going to happen next year at the Olympics. But better be on record getting it out there. The men's 200-meter world record will fall in the year 2023. Taking down the 1919 run by the great 200-meter runner, Usain Bolt, if that's not shocking enough, Person breaking that record will not be named Noah Lyles; it will be Aaron Knighton. Now, I think he's a little bit young. He's 18. He's turning 19 later this m- this month. Bolt was t- one day short of his 21st birthday, so Bolt was 20. If no, wait I, no, he wasn't. B- what, Bolt was one day short of his 22nd birthday. Excuse me. No, I, no. Yes, he was. But no, Bolt, Bolt was, was born in
0: 1986. He set the world record in 2009. He was one day short of his 23rd birthday.
2: No, he's first set the world record in 2008.
0: Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. We're talking about when he ran
2: 119.19. I'm talking about when he first beat the world record. I'm expecting Aaron Knighton to beat the first beat the world record when he's a little bit younger than his same Bolt. Okay. So, because he's a little bit ahead of his same Bolt. So, it could happen this year. I think more likely. In the Olympic year, when they juice up the track.
0: All right, I like the prediction. That's bold. Weldon, you got a second one for us?
1: My bold prediction. Second bold prediction. My second bold prediction for 2023. Max Siegel will still be employed as CEO of USATF at the end of the
0: year. That's not bold.
1: Damn, I hope he's going to say it is not. I think I'd bring a jinx on that on it, but you guys you're wondering, you're wondering, you know, just throwing it out there either way, something big could happen this year. Say what you want about that prediction?
0: I think it would be bolder to say he will not be employed by u s a a t f but i you're on the record. I don't want a prediction
1: I don't want to jinx it,
0: okay, I have a third bold prediction. I don't know if you guys have the third one's optional, but I think it's probably the boldest of the three. Well, actually, no, the Ingebrigtsen one's pretty bold. But my third bold prediction, an American will win a medal in the men's 1500 meters at the World Championships this year. And that American's name will be Cole Hawker. He was sixth at the Olympics at age 20 in 2021. That kick, that was one of the greatest kicks I've ever seen by a collegiate athlete. That thing doesn't just disappear. He wasn't quite as dominant this year. Got hurt before USA's. But that kind of kick, that is a medal-winning kick at a global championship. I think he proves it this year. Connor, sorry, not Connor Mance. Cole Hawker. 2023 World Championship medalist. Is that stunned silence I hear? Do you guys think I'm crazy? Does this make sense to you? What do you guys think? John, I like
1: the boldness. My initial thing would be like, wait, how can Cole Hawker actually beat Cooper Tier? How many times has he beaten him in a mile in his life? I think once. But yet, for some reason, we all think of this kick that Cole Hawker is the better miler. But no, now also you got to factor in Cooper Tier has gone off left the reservation, going to change Jerry. What do I say when people join a new coach? A lot of times you get a new stimulus, a new spark. What if it's Cooper Tier, John? Although Jerry doesn't have a lot of success with 1,500 men's runners, right? Sintra was good prior to Jerry. Hmm. I like the prediction, though.
0: Well, I was wondering if you would say, "Oh, it's actually going to be, you know, if someone's going to meddle in the future, it'll be Yard and a Goose or it'll be, uh, Hobbs Kessler." Well, so I think those guys you could say have a shot down the road, but I think for this year, I'm going Cole Hawker. Yeah, this
1: year I don't factor in those guys, but also I wouldn't have said. Maria Garcia Romo would have been what fourth at the world championships. I didn't expect Josh Kerr and Ollie Hoare to start becoming world contenders so quickly. Yaron goose beat them all at the sound running C- cross event. So who knows? Well, I, I don't, My- care, I mean,
0: I don't care that he won that race, but oh, sorry, he didn't win, He but he got second behind uh Edwin Koga. But I'm not counting out him as if he ha, is his best case scenario, like third or fourth at worlds this year. I think it could be, he just joined one of the best mile groups in the world. He's going to be training with Mario Garcia Romo. He's going to be training with Oli Hoare. He was very good last year at the end of the season. He just, I don't know what Dude. happened at USA is maybe he just wasn't fully healthy again, or he panicked. I I don't know, but yeah, Yard Nagus, I think he could have that kind of potential, but I feel more confident about Cole Hawker. Robert, you've been silent through this whole discussion. Do you think my prediction is a good one, or do you have anything else to say on it?
2: What was the prediction, John?
0: Cole Hawker will win a medal in the men's 1500 this year at the World Championships.
2: I mean, I think it's possible... But it really got me thinking about something else. I may have to scrap my big, bold predictions and release them at the end because I already forgot the one that really happened this morning I haven't announced, and these sprint ones may not count. The biggest, boldest prediction, if we're going to talk about guys switching coaches and stuff like this, is a Bowerman Track Club male athlete will win a medal at the World Championships in the 5,000. And his name will not be Grant Fisher.
0: So Mohamed, who's won medals at two of the last three global championships. That's not an, a Ameri- bro, but-
2: an American man. Cooper tier. Why would anyone else? Who else is poised? The more I think about this, who else is poised for the big breakout? Now, this guy was getting like the only concern I have is this guy was basically getting lapped at world juniors. Don't look up the results, how bad he was. So I'm not sure if his talent level is the same as these guys. But he's a 349-miler, 348-miler. 350-miler. So he's joined one of the premier groups in the country. They're strength-based. He's never, he spent time at altitude, but he's never done altitude training in the middle of the track season. I think he's been in Boulder in the summer. That ain't helping him in the track season. He, Jerry's going to have him up at altitude. He's going to be training with Fisher. He's going to sit on Fisher and he's going to outkick that mf for the medal.
0: Grant Fisher's an mf for now? All right, well... Yeah, oh no, he, here's be- what I would say about this. I think if that's going to happen, it happens in 2024, because Jerry's system, we know it takes a while sometimes for these guys to get adjusted. Grant Fisher, he got his ass kicked for a year. and It's not like Grant Fisher was chopped liver. I mean, he wasn't the U.S. champion when he joined the group, like, Kubatier is in the 1500, but... He was one of the best guys in college and it took him a little while to get up to speed. I wouldn't be shocked if Cooper Tia takes his lumps this year. And then next year he has some massive breakout in the 5k.
2: Now Cooper, if you're listening, you got to stick with it. This could be a Daniel Jones type situation. I was reading about the New York giants apparently in training camp early in the summer, the coach was purposely telling the defense what plays he was calling. So Daniel Jones would struggle. So he'd throw interceptions to see how he'd react. And he was giving the second string quarterback easy plays and having the defense off, So he would look better. to See how he responded. You're going to be put to the test. You do a lot of YouTube. You look like a pretty boy. You got a pretty girlfriend. This is going to be tough. You're going to be at altitude. You're going to be running more than you ever. You got to stick with it. Grind away, grind away, grind away. And then, yeah. Oh my God, John. It's going to be next year. Sorry, Mr. Fisher. The medal is going to Cooper tier. Wow. That's a shocker. When you guys were thinking about US 1500,
1: I was thinking, whoa, whoa, whoa! Next year, you mean the Olympic year? That'd be even bigger for
0: him, actually. Yeah, this year Olympic
2: year. No, I agree with John's logic,
0: but I I just think you're wrong. Like you're taking Grant Fisher for granted. We got a someone on the message board posted about this. He's like, oh, we didn't give Grant enough props. I think we did in our year-end articles. We mentioned him in our podcast the last week. We mentioned him glowingly earlier on this podcast, but like. Right. Grant Fisher just had one of the best years ever by an American distance runner. He ran 26.33 in 20, 12.46. You don't need to project like, oh, like making a prediction, Grant Fisher will medal this year at the World Championships, that wouldn't even qualify as a bold prediction because it's not bold. It's something that's well within the realm of possibility. That's not true very often for an American distance runner, particularly one who was raised through the American system, U.S. high school, U.S. college, you know, is now on the pro scene. That is very rare in modern US distance running. And I think you have to appreciate that. And just saying Cooper, like, could Cooper one day get to that level? Possibly. But it's just so incredibly hard to do that. I think,
1: John. This is a big, bold prediction. He's going to make his predictions. All right. All right. I just. And also, John, after you know, the big score at the casino, you only talk about it so much. You didn't start look at talking about it the next time you go to the casino. <laughs> oh, my God. Grant yeah. Fisher was yesterday's news, man. The more I I think about it, I I guess, hold on. I guess my bold prediction, I can't make it. I was like, what am I going to do? I'm like, oh, 1500. I'm like, Hobbs Kessler will make the world's team. It's kind of boring. So no, I'll come up with something else.
2: No, that's good. I think this, I was going to predict a couple of, he ran some road mile and he's breaking four minutes in Hawaii. I thought that I'm like, this is the year it breaks out. Webb had a big year, then it took him a year or two. So I think that's a good one, Hobbs Kessler. But I forgot the biggest bold prediction. This might be number four or five. If I throw out like 10, I'm bound to get one. And this is partially not just my idea. It was also given to me by supporting club member, supporters club member, excuse me, John, supporters club member, Ross McGowan, ex Cornell runner of mine who came into town this weekend. And he insulted me by rooting for the Pittsburgh Steelers when I was at the Raven game. But I said, you can make it up to me by giving me a good idea. And he said, well, this is the ultimate year. He is the young man that came up with the theory. We jointly developed this theory at Cornell about which runners in relationships do well. And this is at the college level. And when a guy's on the prowl or at the very beginning of a relationship, he does well. The woman in that stage is insecure; She does not do well. But once the relationship is solidified, uh, the roles are turned. The man is content. He doesn't need to strike while the iron's hot. And the woman flourishes with the, with the man at her side. And I think we saw that this year. Like, Athing Mo, yeah, she won a world title, but it was nothing by her standards. But now that she's stable in her relationship, her man has moved out to LA with her, right? He's come with her, right, John? Please confirm yeah, that. That's right. So, in that spirit, my bold prediction number three for the year 2023 is thing, Mo will be better than ever and break. The woman's world record, which has stood, wow, for 40
0: years. Wow. a thing, That's old. Thingmo world record.
2: And if it doesn't happen, hey, I can still claim it's true as long as prs because all of the people ahead of her on the all-time list may either have been on drugs or potentially intersex.
0: Well, I guess this is a good thing for Thingmo's development, Robert. I know you get worried when young female athletes on continuing to continually improving. And she won the Olympics at 19, but she didn't PR at 20, even though she won the world title. So you, this must be, are you worried at all that she ran one fifty six last year and won the world championship because she didn't PR.
2: You know, I got a little worried, but then I talked to my guy Ross about my theory here. And, you know, it sounds like there was a little bit of, Rockiness at Texas a and some other runners have left. That's they need the, the women need the stability, according to my theory. So we'll be vindicated in 2023.
0: Yeah, I'm joking there a little bit about the step back. Obviously, a thing, Mo had a terrific 2022 season. So I don't think there's anything I'm certainly not worried about anything. I think she has a very bright future. I'm excited to see what she does in the 400 if she runs it. Like Sydney versus a thing now that they're part of this, they're being coached by the same person. Who knows if they're going to be working out together. But I really hope that we say, see them race each other in the 400 either this year or next year at the trials or the Olympics.
2: Are we done? I mean, I, I had so many other big, bold predictions I've been thinking about during the show. I was going to say Oregon will have the number one collegiate star, Jerry Schumacher, in his first year this spring. Let's say Tobogo. I don't know if he's still going, John, the men's 100-meter junior champion. I heard he was going, then he wasn't going. I heard he still may be going, but shouldn't he be there by now? It's January. I heard he's going to show up for the spring semester.
0: Oh, I don't know. I didn't think he was going to be running there anymore, but I think they'll still have the number one sprint star, Makai Williams.
2: What if they were on the same team? Could Oregon that, win This it all? is
0: what we were talking about when it was first announced because it was going to be amazing. They were going to be teammates, but I don't think that's going to happen for some reason.
2: What about this of our big bull prediction? Sidney McLaughlin will actually run the Diamond League season. Can we
1: get her name right? McLaughlin. McLaughlin.
0: McLaughlin Lavroni. Yeah, Sydney well. McLaughlin Lavroni. And it's Usain Bolt, just a reminder. Not Usain, he- Usain Bolt. He- All right, guys. Well, that was a lot of fun. I hope that... Well, I hope my predictions are correct, so it makes me look like a genius. But I hope that at least one or two of these comes true because they should be pretty fun. And I enjoy going back and forth. It's great to have the podcast back in 2023. I think we've got a great year ahead of us. We've got World Cross, World Rotary Champs, World Champs. It's going to be fun.
2: It really is fun. When I mean, we talked about it last week, every other podcast takes off that year. Why would we want to take off? It's fun to talk, argue with you guys twice a week. If you want the second show, join the Supporters Club today. Let's run.com slash subscribe. Well, I got
1: the whole other document here. We'll do this on the Supporters Club Friday 15 podcast. Night and Earl Isles. Who's the king or queen of the hundred? Will Sydney double? Robert just talked about a thing, Mo. What about Warholman Hassan? Will Jakob pull off the double? Will any U.S. distance runners medal at Worlds besides a thing, Mo? Who will be the U.S. men's 1500 meter champion? You guys remember somebody by the name of Donovan Brazier. It's Galen Rupp Dunn. A lot more to talk about for 2023. We'll do that on Friday Supporters Club Podcast. Guys, before you go, you got to say what you're most looking forward to in 2023. So I only can say one thing. I already had one, but now I want to change it. No, this is not. It has to be this. Ellie Kipchoge at the Boston Marathon. We have to have a let party. Someone who's familiar with Boston, should we have it like Sunday night or somewhere like during the course? I don't know how John. we could all cover the race and actually go to that, but get set up some people there and take off halfway or something. But it's going to be epic. That'll be epic, but there's a lot of cool events coming up this next year.
0: Yeah, I'm pumped for Will Cross, but that's number one on my list is Elliot Kipchoge running the Boston Marathon.
1: I'm very excited about this world road running championships. I think there's hope and potential for that because I think the mile resonates with a lot of people. It's not just the world half marathon. Kind of hopefully have a festival. A lot of people hopefully want to go there and run. My wife, after the baby, said she wanted to go on vacation in, I think, September or October. So maybe we'll go to Europe. Then I can fly over October 1st.
0: Yeah, they're going to have mass races. It should be a great event.
2: I'm most excited for the men's 1500 meter final in Budapest.
1: Oh, and I'm very excited about Worlds in Budapest. Like the tickets sound cheap. Sounds like to be a great time. Eastern Europe in the summer. You guys ever been? It's, well, when I went, well, now almost 25, 30 years ago. It was fun.
0: It will be a great year. Make sure you come back on Friday for the Friday 15 run.com slash subscribe. We'll talk about all of that. Then next week, Houston Marathon. Then into a track will be upon us. Lots of stuff to look forward to this year. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Friday.
1: And remember, secure your internet traffic. No, you can't. You also have a password manager. NordVPN is what you need. Go to let'srun.com slash VPN. Free? Not free. 30-day money-back guarantee. Check it out. Try it for 30 days. You got nothing to lose. It's the VPN we all use here. Oh, and wait, my God, the long sleeve shirts. Robert, I need my shirt sent to me. I think I'll order myself. Don't you know my address? Where's my Christmas gift? Everyone at Let's Run, everyone in my entire family, my friends even have all ordered these. They love them. Robert's two trips, our get togethers got canceled. I need my long sleeve shirt, Rojo. Please send it to me. But those are in the store. Check it out, shop.letsrun.com.